0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday Check-In. Um, I am Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by...
1: Greg allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska.
0: We are officially in the season of Epiphany,
1: or something. Yes. You preached all about the Epiphany yesterday, didn't you, Damon? you used the epiphany as a jumping off point for your preaching yesterday didn't you david um sure
0: well (laughs) i used the scripture That's like you know
1: an epiphany scripture right
0: well what's epiphany
1: I mean historically epiphany is is the the arrival of the wise men right that's that's the epiphany that's the aha moment that these gentiles from foreigners from other parts of the world would come and also recognize the miracle of Jesus birth
0: so some sort of recognition of the holy within our midst uh,
1: that that was sounded a lot better than i said it with fewer <laughs> words
0: uh, then if that's the case then yeah i'd say I, yeah that was an epiphany sermon i would say yeah if that's the case
1: i mean we all had epiphanies about robert frost's poem and about which road we're going to choose to take so you inspired epiphanies in many of us
0: well i hope that that is true
1: Hopefully yeah i awesome. had not read all of robert frost's poem in forever and I appreciate you rereading the entire text and reminding us that rather than saying this is always about, I took the road less traveled by, and that's been great. It's, I took the road less traveled by, that's made a difference. But Frost isn't real clear whether the difference is positive or negative. Um, I thought that was a good observation.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. So if anybody wants to, they could find the a recording of the service on Facebook. On our facebook page or they could just do a google search and then they would hear the poem that way if they listen to the sermon or they can just look it up the road not taken uh by robert frost so but that was last sunday that's that's uh you know ages and ages past
1: and now we are um, in what we call the season of epiphany this is uh the weeks that fall between the end of the christmas season which ends on Epiphany Sunday, or the day before Epiphany Sunday, and the start of Lent. And so we get to spend uh, a number of weeks having epiphanies, uh, recognizing the miraculous presence of the Holy in our midst, and that's, uh, that's what we're going to do. I'm uh, So yeah, why don't we open with prayer, and then we'll jump in. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and oftentimes we explain to people what we, we set the agenda. All right, uh, So the Monday check in for those who may not know is uh, and we do have we have 50 YouTube subscribers. I forgot oh, Merry to check. Christmas.
1: That was your request for a Christmas present. <laughs> and we got there, didn't we?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I assume that we did. I didn't actually check. Uh, oh, I did. We on did Christmas Day. But yeah, I forgot to check and to make mention of it. So we do have 50, but it's not like uh, we're capped at 50. You know, we could have more.
1: Let's you know, when we get to 100, we're allowed to create our own um, URL or address for YouTube. So we can do like YouTube.com slash FPC Hastings. So the challenge is out there. If we can get 50 more subscribers, then we can have our very own YouTube URL.
0: Premium at that point. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me, the Monday check-in, for those who may not know, uh, we're going to do a little bit of a preview of the scripture and some of the themes, ideas, questions for the upcoming Sunday, and have a little bit of a Bible study, Bible chat about that, and then we switch gears and talk a little bit about life of the church at First Press Hastings. So, and uh, to get ourselves into that, we do often have an opening prayer. Greg, would you mind doing that this week?
1: I'd be delighted to. Let's, uh, let's pray. Gracious God, in this season of epiphany, open our eyes and our hearts to revelations, to, uh, to aha moments of seeing your presence and seeing you at work in the world. Open our eyes and our hearts to the ways that you're calling us to be part of that work too. Inspire us, God, through these epiphany stories to be co-workers with you. May the stories we read about Jesus' early life and ministry challenge us to figure out how we're called to be part of that story as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh,
0: So yeah, as we said, all of the... All the Christmas decorations are are put away again for another year, and we are in a different season of the church year. We're in Epiphany, and uh, so also all of the Christmas stories are put away for another year, and we move on to other stories, and the story that we're moving on to on this coming Sunday comes from the Gospel of John, uh, which we don't spend a lot of time with the Gospel of John, during advent um, and during christmas uh, for a couple of reasons that maybe we'll get into we hear one little snippet from the gospel
1: of john generally um but now we get this yeah go ahead well no just but the revised common lectionary um we we're in this three-year cycle of reading the bible and typically each year is focused on a synoptic gospel matthew mark or luke uh and then john gets sort of Peppered throughout all three years of the lectionary cycle, and so uh, we we get the benefit of hearing from John here and there, dropped in to surprise us or give us an epiphany, perhaps. Um, and that's what they've done here for the second Sunday after Epiphany. Is uh, the lectionary writers have rather than sticking with Luke, which is what we'll be studying mostly during this uh, this year C of the uh, lectionary, we we get to hear from John.
0: We get a lot of John during um, Lent, generally, each year. Um, So, But it's just, it's been a little while since we, oops, that's not an earthquake, it's just me running into my desk. Um, Yeah, it's just been a little while since we've been in the Gospel of John. And so this is uh, chapter one, not it's not either, it's chapter two, it's verses one through eleven, and it reads something like this, on the third day... Stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. That's where it ends. Greg, what do you got?
1: Well, it's an interesting story. It's an interesting choice that the very first miracle that uh, the writer of the Gospel of John chooses to account for is uh, this particular miracle. Mm -hmm. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Canaan of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. So if we back up in the Gospel of John, it starts in this very esoteric way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And there's no birth narrative uh, in terms of a traditional birth narrative, but instead it talks about the origin of the Word, Jesus, becoming flesh and dwelling among us, and that's the extent of—and then it moves right into sort of um, Jesus is already an adult and has an, an encounter with John the Baptizer, though it's not actually Jesus' baptism John Retells the story of Jesus' baptism, but we don't actually experience the story of Jesus' baptism. And then he starts gathering up his first disciples. So, in the first chapter, you have these really interesting things happening where Jesus is is called the light of the world. He's called the Lamb of God. He's called Rabbi. He's called Messiah. He's called the Son of God. He's called the King of Israel. And then his first sign to back up all of those titles that he's acquired in chapter one is this changing water into wine at the wedding uh in cana of galilee and i think it should ask us to pause and ask the question of why this as the first sign what is it about this um what do you think damon
0: i don't know (laughs) why this greg (laughs) (laughs)
1: um i don't know I, i i've read a couple of commentaries and and a couple of commentary writers have, have landed on this idea that um, as we're trying to fully embrace the notion of Jesus being fully human and fully divine, and in, in this little short thing, we have Jesus' humanity and divinity on display, of course, the divinity through the miracle of, of turning water into wine. Uh, but the humanity, starting with the fact that it's this thing where he's, he's at a wedding uh, he's celebrating humans uh, with humans doing human things celebrating a wedding um, the little interaction between him and his mom is is pretty human uh and so uh perhaps this is to help us right john has declared he's going to be the messiah and he's the lamb of god he's gathered his first few disciples and then this lets us it, it It's the foundation. It's the first miracle in the Gospel of John to help us really embrace Jesus' humanity and divinity, perhaps? Yeah,
0: (laughs) perhaps. I mean, what else is he going to do? I mean, (laughs) I don't know. A a whole Gospel of Jesus just doing God things, I think, might get kind of boring. Um, um, that, that, That interaction between Jesus and his mom... Is a, a thing that I've liked about this story for for a long time, um, and that uh, Jesus. I don't know if Jesus doesn't see the need right away, or um, his. I don't, or if he's just kind of ignoring it, and his mom brings it to his attention or makes sure that he is aware of it. Um, You know, they're out of wine and um, what are they going to do? Maybe they couldn't afford more wine. I don't know. Um, Maybe more people showed up than what they had anticipated showing up. Um, I I think weddings were much more of a, community event and a a multiple day, um, kind of a celebration.
1: So, Hospitality in first century Palestine is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And sort of the protocols of hospitality that you, you graciously offer to your guests, all that you have. And so running out of wine could have, uh, could have brought some social disgrace to this newly married couple and, or their families. Uh, so there's there's reasons why you wouldn't want to run out of wine yeah. during a wedding celebration.
0: Yeah. Reasons uh, that are deeper than uh, because then people won't be able to get drunk.
1: Right. And Jesus' mom, similar to Damon's and my mother's, know these social protocols and reasons better than Damon and I do. So we would depend upon our mothers to bring to our attention when we might be able to intervene and help with the social <laughs> protocol. <laughs> Um,
0: i always i imagine like the the look between jesus and his mom right when his mom says they have no wine and jesus said to her what woman what concern is that to you and to me my hour has not yet come i i just and then his mom doesn't say anything else to him at least in the story She, (laughs) she doesn't need to say anything else she just she turns to the to the servants and says, "Go go ahead and do whatever he
1: tells you to do." Like <laughs> the it, the unspoken communication, I think you know that that she shot him a look, like, "Oh, you're gonna solve this, son. I know you're capable of solving this, and you're gonna solve this." And I don't even need to say anything to you except that look. And then I'm gonna turn to the servants and direct them to do uh, whatever you tell them to do. Yeah, there's there's definitely something there. Um, Damon and I have, well, no, I I won't speak for you, Damon. I have been a recipient of that withering look before that has caught, that has spurred me to action when I was not picking up on the social cues or protocols, and my mom, fortunately, was. Um, Turns out, too, I I occasionally, uh, the same thing happens with my wife.
0: Well, I think that that's, like, I, I, you're talking about the human parts of the story, and I think that's one of the very human parts of the story for Jesus in this moment is this, this, almost this sort of understanding of you have a responsibility here. It, you, you have a responsibility to look out for others, to care for others, and if you can do it, then you should do it. Um and I, I don't care if you think it's your time or not. <laughs> You're here, aren't you? Then it must be your time. Sorry, I don't. I don't know what else to tell you, right? Um, yeah. And I, I think it's interesting also that, Jesus, like the the bridegroom, gets the credit in the story. Um, the disciples believe in Jesus because of the events, but the, the steward, I don't really know exactly what the role of the steward would have been. Um, but the steward tastes this good wine and gives credit to the bridegroom. doesn't, there's no real indication in the story that, Oh, eventually somebody came and told the steward what had happened.
1: Um, but we know the servants knew, and obviously the disciples picked up on it, because rather than the disciples giving the steward credit, they're clearly giving Jesus credit. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, and his disciples believed in him. So maybe the disciples saw it happen, maybe the disciples got the report from the, the servants, but the bottom line is somebody figured it out, and and that, allowed, that moved them into belief, right? Yeah,
0: but just the disciples
1: like there's not like a real
0: clear it's not like everybody at the party believed in jesus it's just kind of it to me it feels it's almost like a behind it, he says that it's not yet his time uh and it's like a half revelation <laughs> He's,
1: a half epiphany
0: yeah you know this is kind of like i don't and maybe that plays into John's. So, like the opening of John's is um, the light has come into the world, um, but the world did not recognize the light, and uh, and so and the, so and they chose to live in darkness. And the, I think this is a theme, isn't it, in John's gospel? Like, you either believe or you don't. You you either know the word or you don't know the word. And and there's some folks who just don't ever get it they don't ever recognize the divinity of jesus right and i think we we see that in this story as well that maybe maybe the servants came and told the steward later what had happened but but maybe not
1: yeah the other thing about this story that i love that the first of jesus miracles in the gospel of john is that it's it's about it's about joy and celebration and abundance, right? Um, and Jesus is going to usher in a reign of joy and celebration and abundance of, of compassion and mercy and, and grace and love. And so this, this is a symbolic sort of launching of that, of Jesus' earthly ministry that's going to be about um about that. And there's going to be hard times along the way in the same way that there's hard times in our lives. Uh, but it, it doesn't take away the fact that we are people of joy and celebration and we are people of abundance. Um, and so I think that that's, that's important part of the fact that this is the first miracle recorded in the gospel of John, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so for sure. No. Um, and I, <clears throat> you know, I think in Luke's you know, if this is kind of Jesus' public debut, right, in the Gospel of John, kind of sort of, I mean, um, then it's it you know, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus' first public thing is he shows up at temple, um, and they give him a scroll, and he, you know, like it's it's part of it's part of the religious ceremony that's taking place. Obviously, there's a religious component to a wedding as well. Um, but this is at the, this is at the party that where this takes place. And, um, so that's a different setting where you may not expect this, um, revelation, this epiphany to take place. I think that uh, that's kind of interesting to me as well, I think.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. And each of the gospels, show us a different facet of of Jesus uh, and help us understand the purpose of Jesus' life and ministry. And so here in John, we kick off with uh, this, this, yeah, this, this celebration at the, the wedding reception, um, as opposed to Luke, where we kick off with uh, Jesus unrolling the scroll and reading it and saying this, this scroll or this, uh, this passage is, this prophecy has been fulfilled in my reading of it, Right. Um, And so, yeah, it's uh, each one of these allow us to understand a different part of Jesus' life and ministry. And this John 1, I think, yeah, deeply emphasizes the humanity and the divinity of Jesus. Um, And not the religiosity in this case, but instead the, the, the deep relationship. He's trying to help out the bridegroom. And, uh, and the deep relationship between Jesus and his mom, and then the fact that his disciples, through this, this miracle, begin to believe in him.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that they were already following him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he'd already picked them up back in John 1, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I'm trying to remember.
0: When they had been John's disciples. John right. John was baptizing. Uh, and then, and then Jesus shows up, and and John says, "Oh, <clears throat> this is the this is the this is the guy I've been telling you about." <laughs> I'm not worthy to untie his sandal or to tie his sandal. I don't know which way it goes, but right. And then the next day, John's still at the river, and Jesus walks by again, and John tells his disciples, "That's the guy. That's the guy I was telling you about." And so they leave John to and start following Jesus.
1: Yep. Yeah. And yeah, so, and then the, the, this is the next story, right? Mm-hmm. Not not a miraculous healing, not a healing of somebody who's blind or anything like that, but uh turning water into wine.
0: Yeah, and the other gospels, they start well. They
1: they start following because
0: um, the, they're out fishing, right? And okay. yeah, they're not out fishing. <laughs> um store
1: Um so yeah, it's interesting. Do you think it'll preach? I think I think I can probably preach something about it. Yeah, I think so.
0: So, I'm curious about just what were the I think it's also that the jars these aren't just any jars that are sitting around. These are jars that were for a specific religious purpose.
1: Um, rites of purification. Damon, that's a whole nother sermon. Are we going to go down that road right now?
0: Well, uh, Probably not, but <laughs> it seemed like it should be pointed out.
1: Did, did I ever tell you about my interaction with uh, Corby Lanker, who's a folk musician who occasionally tours here through Hastings? Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote a song about this particular passage. Yeah. And he, he sang it into my phone for me so I have a voice memo of Corby Lanker singing an original song about this passage that might make its way into my sermon at some point. Corby gave me permission to use it. Yeah. So anyways, we'll see how that all works out.
0: Okay. Well, now it's been surreal. It's a real Chekhov's voice memo, isn't it?
1: <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Should we shift gears and talk about what else is happening? in the Yeah, of let's team? do it. All right. Um, we, we have the official return of uh, our Tizé style of worship service. Uh, we started that this week. Uh, so our 830 service has shifted into that style. And uh, I would say Sunday, it was really meaningful to do that. We, we were accompanied by the, the hospice choir. Uh, as well as Peter Lainson on guitar and uh, Mary Plock on piano. And um, the Tzeze style of worship, it's a contemplative style of worship. The, the songs are not necessarily familiar hymns, but they're very short, typically one or two lines, um, and they're, they're just repeated. And you repeat the lines over and over again, and the idea is that the music can move from your ears to your head to your heart. Um, and then there's also long periods of silence with that Tzeze style of worship. Um, a shortened uh, version of uh, what well, we do scripture. We read scripture and then a shortened version of the message. And then we, we actually celebrate communion every Sunday at that service as well. So that's our 8.30 service. We hope you can join us for that. 9.15 is Sunday school hour. Everything is all uh, back happening at our 9.15 Sunday school hour for uh, pre-K all the way through to adults. Uh, Damon, I think we're starting uh, a good adult ed forum this week.
0: I don't think that we've been trying to get uh, someone from Encourage uh, to come and talk to us. They have this new, um, it's a green dot sort of um, program training information focused on interrupting violence and kind of really all forms of violence and some bystander, not necessarily training, but things what causes violence and uh, what might you want to know as a bystander and and that sort of thing um, and they have been sort of working through what's the best way to present that <laughs> to us and we were hoping to get it started this Sunday I think we're gonna have to slide it back in the schedule a little bit um, but hope we'll find a an avenue for that somewhere <laughs> sometime um, around here at First Pres. So uh, so forum is delayed and starting up for a couple of weeks. Um, when it does start, uh, I think on January 30th, Andy Springer, who is a hospice chaplain, is going to lead um, three a, a little series of three forums focused on the exciting topic of death. Uh, So he'll share some of his insights, uh, experiences from being a hospice chaplain, and also help facilitate a wider conversation just in general about how do we think about death? How do we deal with death? How do we um, approach death culturally uh, in helpful ways and, and maybe in ways that aren't as helpful? And also at one of those series, one of those sessions, the Caring Voices Choir, the hospice choir, members of that are gonna come and share some of their um, reflections um, and their, from their experiences of, of singing to folks who are on hospice care. That's, that's kind of their mission, providing comfort to them in that way. So um, so that'll start up uh, in a couple of weeks, I believe. So, um, but Air as a Parent is up and running again. Um, yeah, all the other stuff is up and running, so.
1: All right. Uh, As well as our Wednesday night programming. Uh, We're full speed ahead with that. So um, uh, first grade through fifth grade shows up at four o'clock for some rec time, some Bible study time, some choir, some handbell choir. And then six o'clock, we serve everybody dinner, uh, including our youth and anybody else who wants to come. And then uh, at 645, uh, well, a little earlier, kids leave or the youth leave for bell choir then uh we've got adult choir rehearsal youth choir rehearsal and youth group on wednesday nights so it's a busy busy wednesday nights around here fun time to be here uh, good stuff going on so yeah
0: and our senior high is busy starting to plan out uh youth sunday which is coming up the first sunday in february so
1: and i know that because i helped teach senior high sunday school on sunday and together we wrote the call to worship for that so we'll see uh if you love the call to worship on Youth Sunday, um, know that I helped lead that. If you don't, then it's Damon's fault.
0: <laughs> that seems fair. That seems reasonable.
1: We tried to channel Damon as we wrote the call to worship. So uh, I will really? be, we, we did. I said, we, we first we talked about what's a call to worship in a worship service. And then we said, so generally when I write a call to worship, I will usually adapt a psalm. And it's pretty straightforward. And when Damon writes a call to worship, it's usually quirky. <laughs> and so I said, high school students, do you want to do a Greg style call to worship or a Damon style call to worship? Guess what they picked?
0: Let's just do our own thing. Why do we need either of these two
1: guys? <laughs> uh, we kind of shot down the middle, actually. Yeah. Because uh, mm-hmm. I grounded it in scripture, we grounded it in scripture. Uh, but kind of through a series of questions about the scripture, but quoting the scripture. So we'll see how it all turns out. But uh, stay tuned because that's uh, is it February sixth, I think. Um, you'll want to listen, pay attention to the call to worship because uh, yeah, now now you have something to look forward to. Yeah,
0: yeah. Quick side note, and then I'll offer
1: a word of prayer.
0: The, the The past few years that I have helped the senior high get prepped and ready for Youth Sunday, I find that they they are always they always really try to be really respectful um, to, to the congregation and to the norms. Not, uh, norms is I don't know if that's really quite the right word, but that um, that they really I think they really want to be able to communicate well what they what they are seeing in the scripture and what they are thinking about and what they are, are wondering and what they think is important. And I think they know that they kind of have to use the language that people are familiar with um, in order in order to do that. So, so it doesn't surprise me that they shot down the middle on that option.
1: Yeah, they did a great job. They did a really great job. So I'm I'm excited for that worship service, um, and I think all the church should be excited for it. February six is going to be a great Sunday. Yeah, nice.
0: So, uh, time for a closing prayer. Yep. All right. Loving and gracious God, thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you for your presence in this conversation and in all of the questions that we still have, um, questions arriving, arising from the scripture, from our own lives and histories, uh, from conversations that we have with our fellow disciples moving throughout the rest of the week. Grant, oh God, that we might continue to be able to gain insights, um, not only into who you are, but also into how this particular scripture calls us to be in the world. Um, grant, oh God, that your blessing might be upon us so that we might be a blessing to others in the week ahead in your gracious and holy name. We pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, with all those things said and done until next time, Toodaloo.